Hello everyone, you're welcome to another episode of Ugo's Take. And my name is, as always, Ugo Amadi or Ugochuku Amadi. So, welcome you once again to this episode. Wherever you're listening to, I want to thank you because you're the reason I do this. So, if you're listening on Spotify, you're listening via my Facebook page or you're listening via my Instagram page, that's wonderful. Thank you for listening because as you're going to listen, you're going to encourage uh, me to do this even more give me superpower thank you all and today's episode is brought to you by sicily's sicily's is a restaurant based here in leeds uh by canara road so if you want some quick snack you want something filling you want something tasty you go to sicily sicily's restaurant here in leeds now straight off to what we uh here for today so sports what have been making the rounds in the world of sports now um what's new chelsea's close to signing kai Havertz. okay that's not new um but every day we we, we keep hearing um different news from journalists like fabrizio romano and the likes um that um, kai Havertz would be making a move to Chelsea and that in fact personal terms have been agreed uh, with the player to join Chelsea Football Club now I think he would be a good addition to the to the, to the club and um, that's my own personal feeling but usually with Chelsea when it comes to signing players it's usually done snappily you know so that's why in my opinion Chelsea fans should be a little bit worried you know because when transfers begin to take long begin to become sagas and drag out for a long time what usually happens is that some clubs who have who have other targets and maybe are not able to get those targets uh, Manchester United for instance because it seems um, Jadon Sancho wouldn't be heading out of uh, my United out of um, Dortmund this season, at least this window, this um, summer window, so that may get them to turn their heads to um, high habits. And you know, Manchester United, once they're desperate, they're ready, they're always ready to spend the cash to show the money once they become desperate. And so, if you're a Chelsea fan, you should be very, very, very worried. I think you should be very worried. Um, like I said, he'll be a good signing for Chelsea, no doubt. In my opinion, he'll be a good uh, uh, signing because one, he's got pace, he's a tall player, um, he, he's got great movement, he can pick a pass, he can pick a pass in between the lines, over the top, whatever type of um, creative play that you would like to see, or rather you would expect to see from a midfielder. He has that in spades. So he'll be an excellent fit for at the uh, London club and now uh, with um, Borussia, uh, sorry with Bayern Leverkusen out of the Europa League they were defeated by um, ironically uh, Inter Milan who was coached by former Chelsea coach Antonio Conte and so now it seems with no European ambitions left for this season maybe is the time for Chelsea to strike that deal 
but like I said earlier on, the longer it takes, the more time it takes to get it sorted out, to get it done, to agree terms with the club, um, the harder it becomes to to get the deal over the line, especially um, with clubs, other clubs beginning to sniff around. You know, years gone by, Chelsea was in the running for Neymar. You know, Chelsea was in the running for for Neymar, but for some reason, it took the time, wasted the time, couldn't get him in that season, and then rumors of uh, Real Madrid being interested came in, and then the as you'd expect, the the price of uh, a Neymar skyrocketed and quadrupled, if you could say so, and then. What happened years afterwards? He joined Barcelona, and now he's with PSG. Um, some people might say he might not have been a, a good fit for Chelsea, but nothing takes away the fact that he's a phenomenal, phenomenal talent, a wonderful player, and he played very well yesterday against um, Atlanta, the Italian Serie A side, um, in their victory in PSG's victory over um, the Italian side. But then that we'll be talking about that later on in the show on this episode so just stay tuned and if you listen um delayed or when this comes up on spotify then you wait till later on on the show and we'll talk about that game in a little in more details than um than now so can i have just close to signing him okay i'm all in support for for Chelsea signing Kai Havertz, I just want them to speed it up. You know, I, I, like I said, I always raise my hand up when it comes to talking about Chelsea. I may lack some level of subjectivity, objectivity because I'm a Chelsea fan, been a Chelsea fan for a long time now. So, um, what next? Uh, Mid rounds um, in the sporting scene. I know this might be an old news or. Or something that has already passed uh, um, that, that probably would have gone under the bridge um, but I've not had the opportunity to talk about it so I will give my own take on this issue now um, the Premier League had uh, had a meeting uh, some weeks back and the intention was to vote on the continuation of the five sub um, rule you know because uh, as during the, this coronavirus period, after the restart, the uh, Premier League uh, uh, um, teams voted for five teams, you know, five substitutions to be made during games were all made in three tranches. And now, yeah, uh, further discussions to see if um, uh, to see if the substitutions, the five substitutions, would be carried on. Onto the regular season that is starting from September 12th when the Premier League starts, but uh, uh, we'll see five players, five substitutions. Um, the votes come in, and the Premier League teams, by one club, all voted for five substitutions. I mean, voted against five sub substitutions, substitutions, five subs. Now. What's my opinion on that? You may say, you may say, Ugo, what do you think about this, subs- this um, decision by the Premier League teams? Now, for me, I would have loved to see, wait for it, wait for it, five 
results. I know, I know, I know, I know the arguments making the rounds of all have been um, it won't favor the big clubs, uh, teams could just change the, the, the entire dynamic of a game by bringing on even much better players. They already have far better players on the on their uh, starting on their, in their first in their starting eleven, and then to add even more quality off the bench would be unfair for this supposedly smaller teams. Now I get where that is coming from. I get where it's coming from, but I think that that argument is a bit lopsided. It's a bit lopsided. Now hear me out. Hear me out. How about the small teams? The supposedly small teams like your Burnley's and maybe your Leeds United that just gained promotion uh, maybe your I don't know your Norwich two different relegated uh, maybe your West Ham's you know but have we thought about this what happens in the game where let's say West Ham are playing against Man City you know and then to get a set piece and then Barnes manages to score or Westwood manages to get a goal and the game drags on drags on drags on now don't you think having five subs would give Burnley the opportunity to bring on more defensive players to bring on more defensive players to show up their defense you could take off more attacking midfielders and bring in some more defensive midfielders to hold on to the lead because it's not all about the the top teams because we tend to want to punish the big guy most times in in football in life generally we tend to oh he's the big guy he's the one that's going to benefit from all this what about running the club down you know now you have the advantage of bringing two players on the time it takes for one to pull his um his socks up uh, take his jacket off that runs the clock that runs the clock down so the small teams can also take advantage of it as well because the, the two elevens, uh, the starting elevens of both sides let's say Burnley and Manchester City are not on par in the first place so they start on unequal terms so who comes off the bench doesn't matter it doesn't really matter in this context. So you can, the same way Burnley has, been, has played during the first half, you know, more could be done to strengthen their play. Let's say it's a nil-nil. And it's like um, 75 minutes played, 15 minutes left on the clock. Then you could bring in two more defensive midfielders, take off two attacking players, and bring in one more central defender, and then you show up your back line because it all boils down to the style of play so this argument that it would have only favored the big teams for me doesn't sit doesn't really carry much weight don't get me wrong i see where they're coming from i see the mindset behind it that oh you're trying to make the uh, playing field as level as possible but as long as one club has more money than the other club, it will never be a level playing field. Never. Never be a level playing field. Okay, let's look at this from this perspective. 
it could have also been used as a tool for promoting young talent. You know, academy products. You could say, you have your three substitutions. You have your three substitutions that must be right that you are allowed to make your three players. But in addition, you could have two players as long as they are academy products. You know, let's say for instance Chelsea, um, you could say, and uh, maybe and Marcel Lewis would come on, Amandou Bruja would come on as your academy players. That was another thing. I think that's another opportunity that had been missed. You know, because we've never really had any rule change that has revolutionized the way football is played. We've had all sorts of rules around the handball, you know, handball, offside. They all boil around, end up being the same sort of rule. The ball hits your hand. If your hand seems to be in a natural position, that's a handball. But we've never seemed to have a rule that actually promotes youth, youth, you know, in football in general and the Premier League. I know we have the Premier League League 2 for the under 21s and we have the under 18 league as well. And we have the Czech Trade uh, Trophy. Czech Trade Trophy. But this would have been an opportunity for to say, okay, three first team players, three senior team players, but players, academy players between the ages of say 17 and 20. This one should have actually been brought acquired or brought into the club as academy players. And then they have the opportunity to come on. Those are things that should have been done. But I think everyone was just bogged down by the fact that, oh, big clubs will just use this and monopolize the league or to change the dynamic of games. Before a ball is kicked, the dynamic of, of football matches are already lopsided. Already lopsided. So I say, as long as a team like Burnley or a team like Norwich or a team like Leeds United, for instance, you know, doesn't have the same spending power as Man City, it's already, there's no way you can make an argument based on the quality of players they sign that they should be able to compete. No. But it then boils down to tactical nuances. You know the dark arts of the game, like talk about time it takes for subs to come on, and we know how some supposedly small teams make it difficult for big teams, and this would have given those small teams more opportunities to make life difficult for the so-called big teams. That's just my opinion. You know, tell me what you think if you're on the uh, WhatsApp group. Um, tell me what you think. Tell me what you think, because I feel, to my mind, um, I feel that's an opportunity that has really been missed. You know. Now we move on to the next topic, the next issue. Not an issue really. I would say the next topic 
um, in today's episode on other sports segments. Now, PSG finally, 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 finally makes it to, forgive my thinking, finally makes it to the semi-final and they had to come back to win against Atlanta two goals to one. Now, the Italian side, Italian Serie A side, was put into the lead by Pasalic, by Mario Pasalic, a player that used to play for Chelsea's he's Croatian. I'm not sure if he's a Croatian international yet, but he's Croatian and he put the Serie A side into the lead at only 26 minutes. If I'm, if I'm correct, on 26 minutes, he puts the Italian side into the lead and it looked like once again PSG will be going home but what happened 90th minute Chipo Morting scored yeah I just have to make sure I think 90th minute Chipo Morting no 90th minute sorry Marquinhos the Brazilian defender that played for uh, PSG the French um, league winners scored on the 90th minute to level um, the scores and on the stroke of the 93rd minute that is the third minute into added time into extra time into added time the Cameroon International grabbed a late winner to send the French side into raptures as they made it to the semi-finals so I think maybe the football gods are in favor of PSG this time so let's just wait and see because the stars seem to align for them at least in the semi-final in the semi-final because remember what happened to them when they played in Barcelona I think three seasons ago they won for nil or was it four nil or three nil and they got trashed in the second leg then when they played against Man United <laughs> they completely smoked my United, United at Old Trafford and then at home in Paris they got smashed you know by Manchester United so maybe this time around the football gods are in the favour of the Parisians so let's see what happens this season so congrats to them as they have qualified for the semi-finals so who could they play? Is it Barcelona? I don't know Man City? Let's see, or uh, Barcelona, Man City. That would, those would definitely be good ties, good fixtures to watch. Uh, love to see Neymar go back to face his old uh, uh, um, team, his former team, in his old stopping ground. And with all the rumors of him earlier on in the season before the outbreak of uh, um, the pandemic, definitely before the restart, with all the talk of. Neymar wanted to go back to Barcelona, wanted to play in Barcelona, you know, with all that talk, uh, you know, uh, it will really make that an interesting, uh, you know, match to watch, the interesting game to watch, you know, so I'm hoping they get to play Barcelona, but who knows, who knows, who knows. Speaking about Barcelona, <laughs> Antoine Griezmann, the French forward um, for um, 
Barcelona had this wonderful, wonderful quote. Um, he said, I have the suitcase ready to be in Lisbon until August 23rd and I've even brought the plane station. You know, so you one, he already had his mind set on getting to um, the uh, Champions League final because I think that will be played in we played in Lisbon, you know, sort of like a bubble. Um, so it might set, but <laughs> he has his priorities set right. He has PlayStation packed, so <laughs> he'll be uh, playing. Hopefully, he'll be playing as himself on PlayStation, and hopefully, he doesn't play like someone being controlled by PlayStation. By <laughs> he doesn't play like a player in PlayStation being controlled by. A novice, as some pundits would say, <laughs> he has been playing um, for the the, the the better part of the season since he's been at um, um, Real Madrid. Now, speaking about quotes, there's a very intelligent quote that was made by Jason Sancho, you know, the English in England international that plays for um, Borussia Dortmund and. That has been touted to be moving to various clubs in Europe, including Manchester United. In fact, the rumors of the grapevine has been that um, Manchester United are at the forefront, are leading the pack of clubs that want to sign him. But he's come up with this quote, and and this quote was uh, reported by Sky Sports. So he said, "I love playing with this lot. This is a special bunch." And we have some special young players coming up. I'm really happy to be sharing the same pitch with them and guide them because I was in their shoes and I know how it is for them. Now, this is a wonderful quote and I really like it because one, it says two things and either of them I like. One, it shows that he's a really intelligent man and to a lesser extent it shows that he really wants to stay at Dortmund now you see some players wanting to move or once a supposedly bigger club comes uh, um, up to sign them or they hear some rumors about some club wanting to sign them they show it feats and then that makes it difficult no that even makes not difficult really but it makes their present club their parent club even more stubborn even more resilient in their refusal to let the player go. But if you show respect for your present club, for your present employers, and they feel like, hmm, this player really respects us, and the bead coming in is pretty handy as well, so we would uh, take this player. You know, we'll let him move, we'll give him his wish, because he's a really respectful, respectful uh, player. You know, on the other hand, Maybe he's just being a smart guy, maybe advised by his uh, client, you know, not to uh, say anything that would upset the club. No, that's, that, that's a, a very good advice, very good advice. Whoever is advisors, uh, um, thumbs up to you because you're really advising this guy rightly, unlike Usman Dembele, but although Usman Dembele got his move um, to Barcelona, well, I didn't really uh, care for his approach to uh, to moving. 
I didn't really care for his approach to moving. Now also, um, Song You Mean of Sports has also been uh, awarded the best goal of the season or the past season. So congrats to him um, for getting that. Probably that will be the only title that Spurs win in the next 10 years and I would love it. Um, now that's that with uh, with that. Now speaking about flowing from what from Jaden Jaden Sancho issue uh, um, quote and um, rumor mill <laughs> as you get throughout this break this little break and that the teams have and for the rest of the transfer window and that Manchester United probably or maybe considering moving for wait for it Usman Dembele the sort of out of favor a forward who has been plagued with injuries over the past season um, that plays for uh, uh, Barcelona. So probably if Manchester United are unable to get Jaden Sancho, they'll probably go for Ousmane Dembele. Who knows? Fingers crossed. Let's see what happens. Uh, because one, he's going to co- he's going to command hefty hefty price tag, maybe not as expensive as Jaden Sancho, because it's like. Um, but the money won 120 million euros for um, Jaden Sancho, so maybe Zambele could be 80 million euros, 90 million euros. Um, but he's also injury prone, I think, except things have changed that. I haven't heard of, but he's proven to be injury prone. So, would Manchester United want a player who is that injury, injury prone? So, let's see, let's see how that goes. And finally, to cap it up uh, for this uh, sports segment of today's episode of Google State, Sky Sports have reported that William, yeah, William, uh, a Chelsea player who's out of contract at, at this point, um, would likely make would be making his move across the road to Arsenal Football Club, and who probably will be announced as an Arsenal player on the in 48 hours time so let's see fingers crossed let's see what happens now what with William the team what happens to um, players like Saka JC myself was a mentor for Saka and Martinelli you know does I see Aubameyang who's been playing out wide move more centrally um let's see how that goes really and so that's the end of the segment the sports segment of today's episode of Google State and I will be afterwards I will be giving my top 5 Netflix series including some old old Netflix series and some relatively new ones and let's see what you think if they match your um, top 5 Netflix series send you can send me an email or if you're on the whatsapp group you can let me know if they're not on your top five you can say hugo your list is completely bogus bogus and rubbish and this is what should be on the top five so boom i'll be back in a jiffy Hello, we are back. Uh, we are back. We are back to this segment. 
of August. Yeah, <laughs> forgive that little mix up. Yeah, we're back, we're back, we're back. Now, what am I talking about now? The top five series on Netflix now. Forgive me, they may not be on your top five Netflix uh, series list, but these are my top five for whatever reason. Now, do I have some kind of scientific method? Do I have some quantitative method? Or did I, did I get to this um, top five of series by using some mystical arts? No. Uh, do I have some wonderful formula? No, but I would say, one, I would say, when I was thinking about this list, I thought about series that have stood the test of time on Netflix that have lasted a long time, and some series that the very nature of the series, the theme, the way it's executed, or what they're going for really piqued my interest. So, like I said, movies, TV series, always different always subjective you have the right to say Google your list is completely rubbish and I have the right to tell you no your list is absolutely bonkers now okay let's dive right into it now before I talk too much my top five number one wait for it Merlin yeah Merlin you know in the time of magic in the time of this the fate of a kingdom lies in the hand of a young boy, young man. And so, it's, it's a series starring Colin Morgan and Bradley James and Katie McGrath. Absolutely love this series. Love this series, really. Um, because it's right in my wheelhouse. What I love is, you know, superhero movies or really high-octane action series or epic series that has some sprinkling of magic so merely makes it does it for me and it's also stood the test of time it's been on netflix for i don't know how long but it's been there for at least at the very least two three four five years i think it's been netflix for a very long time and that means people have been coming on to watch it because there have been some shows great shows like for instance your green I'm pretty pissed about this that um, Netflix and the, the showrunners and creators and owners of the Grimm franchise could have come to an agreement to have Grimm remain on the Netflix streaming platform. So Merlin is my number one and my number two, The Originals. The Originals. This is a spin-off of Vampire Diaries and you have characters like Elijah, Michelson, you have Klaus, Nicholas Michelson, Rebecca Michelson, and you have uh, interesting, I would say interesting characters because it seems like, tell the secret, it seems like I'm drawing a blank, but it's set in a vampire werewolf era, that's kind of things I gobble, 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 gobble up. So, if you're looking for a good series to watch, the originals should do it for you. Then, the third one, I Zombie. I Zombie, I Zombie, I Zombie. I Zombie star, stars Ro, Rose McIver. She's phenomenal in the role. And 
David Anders who says stars as Blaine in the series. So it's a different take from the usual zombie apocalypse genre. It's a little bit different. This is a girl becomes a zombie uh, medical student. So who was about becoming a top medical um, doctor. She gets infected, becomes zombies, starts eating brains, and each time she eats brains, she takes on the personality of of the person uh, that's deceased, that she's uh, consumed their brain, and also she's able to see visions of what they experience, and she uses that to uh, work with a police detective, Clyde Babido, to solve crimes, and it's fun, it's really, really fun. At first, it was something that I looked when I saw the a picture on Netflix. I was like, hmm, really? Am I gonna watch this? Google, you know, you're not gonna watch this. But somehow I got into it and I've been watching it off and on. I finished it, but I've been watching it off and on. So if you're looking for a good Netflix series to watch with a different take on the whole zombie genre, you should check out. I zombie. Now, Witcher. Witcher. I love Witcher. I'm staring my man Superman. <laughs> I know that doesn't quite do you for do it for you. Henry Cavill. My man Henry Cavill. So you should totally check it out. Because I played the game a bit. And that's why I decided to watch the series. And I tell you it's enjoyable but there's a technique they employed during the course of the series which was which kind of took you back and forth in time and you don't you there's no real warning or indication you just have to pay attention and follow the story you know and follow the story pay attention to certain details and that way you're able to know what's going on but it could be a bit jarring because one moment you're in the present the next moment you're in the past and just moving back and forth so it's about Gerald uh, Henry Cavill plays who's a witcher which is a, a sort of super soldiers you know ancient super soldiers made by magic to take out evil and evil creatures and demons in a particular in that world that was great so if that's just your stick you should watch the witcher so then lastly last i would say list but it could it's it falls within my wheelhouse as well that's um cursed curse is falls within my wheelhouse so could be nice to watch but the first two three episodes like okay okay I see what you're trying to do okay I'll watch it but some series have been that way you know the first two three episodes don't really grab your attention you know just leave a little bit for you to say okay I'll see what you have to offer you know really grab my attention but I'll go through all this with you and see what happens at the end so this drops little crumbs for me to follow and say okay Okay, I'll follow these little muscles you drop in and I will follow the series. So that's why it's on the bottom 
of my list, you know. So it's within my wheelhouse, epic, magic, what I love to watch. So I'll see what happens. So for don't cut on my head, it's on the bottom of my list for a reason. So now I think that's we've done with my top five series. What comes next? Let's play casting director. Let's play casting director now. So, now, what we're going to do here uh, on this uh, uh, topic or uh, section or segment, how, whatever way you want to call it, um, we just try to cast some actors in certain roles. Now, let's go straight off the bat, Wolverine. There's no news that my man, Hugh Jackman, isn't playing Wolverine anymore. He's played Logan and he said he's done. He's enjoyed his time 17 plus years. Thereabout, he played uh, Wolverine. I really loved him as Wolverine. I wanted him to continue, but he's getting old. Not old, not normal human old, but Hugh Jackman old. And. You know, Wolverine is an intense character, a fierce, ferocious, ferocious character, and maybe he may not be able to keep up with the physicality going forward on the, in the role. So instead of giving us a crappy Wolverine to taint all he's done, he decides to step away. And so, who should play Wolverine next? For me, drum roll. Duh, 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 duh. Tom Hardy. Now, I know you say Tom Hardy is Venom. It's, it's, so he's in kind of the Marvel universe. I get that, but Venom is a Spider-Man villain. And that means he's technically not 100% in the Marvel universe, though you've had some agreement with Marvel that sees Spider-Man appear on appear in Marvel movies like the, uh, like Civil War and you've seen Iron Man appear in Homecoming Spider-Man Homecoming and things of the sort but my whoo my boy Tom Hardy would crush it as Wolverine he would crush it I know he's not as tall as um, Hugh Jackman was, Hugh Jackman was, I think it's about 6'4", 6'5", um, so mm, maybe that doesn't quite, you know, they don't match up in terms of um, their height, but he's got the physicality, he's got that ferocity, and I think he would crush the role, he would crush the role, because, um, and then again, people keep saying to further... Uh, uh, um, negate, negate that argument that says they're in the same universe um, so you can have Venom you can have him play Venom and have him play Wolverine at the same time you've seen even in the same movie one person acts as his twin in a particular movie you know one person acts who play multiple roles Ed Murphy made it famous, you know, in, in movies like Nazi Professor and things like that. So, and you could have him play 
these roles because he would crush he would crush Wolverine he would crush it as Wolverine and it would be epic I tell you he would be really epic as Wolverine now we move from the Marvel Universe or the Marvel Fox Universe or whatever, how you want to call it or the Marvel Sony Universe now we go to DC Universe Martian Manhunter who should play Martian Manhunter if you've ever watched Spartacus then you know Steven Menser Dr. Ray would be an excellent excellent out of this world John Jones aka the Martian Manhunter because he's got this sense of mystery about him and for his age he looks good ripped and you know what in case you don't know in case you didn't know Manhunter will be purely CGI because most of his powers no human can turn into an elephant you know no human no human actor no matter how gifted even if you're under circus you can turn into a snake or turn into a dragon it will be purely CGI and that'll be it what you need for a Martian Manhunter is someone who can give you that mysterious feel that presence that intellectual feel when you look at him you look at this guy he's mysterious he can actually read my mind so Steven Manso for me should be Martian Manhunter all day every day every day of the week Steven Manso for Martian Manhunter now <laughs> I know I just did this with the Marvel Universe the Marvel Sony Universe Sony Marvel Universe Sony Fox Universe though Fox has decided for whatever reason to let go of um, X-Men and all the characters tied to it now we're talking about Lobo 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 the main man Lobo the main man <laughs> this deep cut deep cut the first cut is the deepest on the animal. forgive my voice the first cut is the deepest now Lobo that has nothing to do with Lobo please to do Lobo so who should play Lobo if we're to have a live action movie who should play Lobo for me Jason Mamor. I know I know I know once again y'all are gonna say he's already Aquaman same universe he can play um Lobo, who's in the same universe as well, as if it comes to a live action movie, Lobo will end up being in the same universe, DC universe. But for me, they're different characters, and once again, I would say we've seen one character play multiple roles in the same movie. So why can't he be Lobo? Can you imagine Jason Mamua saying, The main man? Woo! Just take a minute and let us sink in. Just more the main man. Seeing you fragging frags. That's gonna be oh, that would be awesome. Awesome. Jason Mamor plays Lobo. But in the same universe, it doesn't matter. In fact, that should make negotiations even easier. So DC, Warner Brothers, ATT, I know you've been laying off workers, you should stop that because when you lay off this worker what are they going to do you know it's tough times already 
why not try maybe salary cuts? Why you just laying off of, of workers? It's, to my mind, there's really no need um, for that. But not going too far into that, um, it will make negotiations easier. Just say, Jason Momoa wants you to play this role because you already have a good. Because since you've got Aquaman already locked down, then you should play Lobo. You should play Lobo and Guru. So you wouldn't have to pay him so much for a separate character. Who knows, maybe you end up having to pay him that, but that could come as sort of a sweetener to the deal for Aquaman 2 or Aquaman 3. You know, get him to play Lobo. He could even direct it, who knows? Or let's try this. Jason Momoa as Lobo, directed by Zack Schneider. Think about it. Think about it. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. So think about it. Mm. Now, last on this Let's Play casting director list is the Joker. I know we already have um, Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker. The, the uh, last Joker was phenomenal. His role, his depiction of the Joker, of someone who has some mental issues, you know, feeling like society is trying to crush him. It was such a psychological thriller, wonderful, epic display by Joaquin Phoenix. But given the fact that even People, the people at Warner Brothers, people at DC Comics, they've gone out of their way to say it's in a different sort of universe. There's no, you don't really have a Batman in that universe, and it's just completely different. And Joaquin Phoenix, he has been rumored to say he's not really into that superhero type stuff. Uh, we're not looking at creating any sort of universe or being part of the larger DC continuity the question comes who's going to play Joker now Gerardo I think he's probably out of the running right now because I think if he's he felt like he, he was uh, treated a bit harshly you know after I play, he apprised uh, the role of Joker in Suicide Squad Nobuo said he went too dark the method acting approach, you know, and Suicide Squad, they hit the numbers that um, DC and Warner Brothers were looking for. Also, many people laid that fairly unfairly at the feet of Jared Leto and his performances. So, who's gonna play the role of the clown prince of crime? For me, David Anders. David Anders. He stars as. Um, who played the role of Blaine, a small-time drug dealer who um, got infected, became a zombie, as an eye zombie, and you know was a bad guy. But his range in that movie tells me if he's cast as the Joker, he would knock it out of the pack. He would knock it out of the pack, really, because David Anders, who never seen him in anything else but I zombie woohoo you know you know when you watch a movie or a TV series and you see someone that's so good in being a villain that you hate him 
for being such a good villain. Um, good villain, bad villain, uh, good villain. You know, he said, ah, I want to get jumping into the screen and choking you, choking you out, you crazy good actor. You know, because did it so, played the role as playing so well and show range. Should really could be funny. Imagine letting him be Joker, David Anders. Whoo, he would crush it. DC should make me your casting consultant, your casting director, hook your boy up. But that's that. So that's my list. Tom Hardy for Wolverine, Steven Mansell for Martian Manhunter, Jason Momoa for Lobo, Main Man, and David Anders for the Joker. So in the next segment, I'll be giving um, a discord. I'll just give our opinions on social media. Is social media a curse or a blessing? What it is? What is it? Is it a curse or a blessing? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it dangerous? <laughs> Forgive my voice. <laughs> Hey, for all those of you who stuck with me from the first segment to the last segment, you are the real MVP, the most valuable person, or should I say, the most valuable listener, so I'm guessing that will be NBL, that's new, the most valuable listener, probably I should get that trademarked, most valuable listener, so now let's go straight into this, social media, of course, or a blessing now for me social media depends on how you use it because for me I feel social media is kind of like not kind of like it's actually a tool you know it's an instrument you use uh, it's like a hammer for instance if you place your hand on the table and then you smash your knuckles with a hammer it's bad it's because it's injured you you know it's giving you a smash your knuckles and probably you wouldn't be able to hold a pen depending on whether you smash your <laughs> your right hand or or not so left or right whatever so the same thing applies to social media now social media could be good we've seen so many people become famous off social media get sponsorship deal deals for being influencers on social media you know gain popularity even get acting roles of social media and um, businesses have used social media to boost sales you know so made so much can be done using social media then again social media can be a negative space as well it can be bad it can be a curse because sometimes we get so much into sharing, sharing, and we overshare. You know, we share so much and people know everything about our lives, know where we live, and know where we eat, know where our kids go to school, know where our, our, our parents live, you know, know everything about our lives. So it could be a cost as well. It could be a cost, you know, and sometimes it takes away that ability to socialize from us because we are all glued into our phones, to our tablets, to our laptops, and we don't 
interact one-on-one, one-v-one in human spaces with people. You know, and sometimes we let social media affect us so much. For instance, someone says something nasty about you on social media and then you take it to heart and you think about it so much and it weighs your spirit down. You know, so in that aspect, it could be a curse. So one thing I want to say, be careful what you put on social media. Because even those pictures you delete off social media, they're still stuck somewhere in on the server. Maybe Instagram server, Snapchat server. So be careful what you post on social media. And think before you speak. Think before you speak. Think, not speak now. Think before you post. You want to post that picture? Think. You want to post pictures of your house? Think. You want to post your postcode? Think. Do I want the whole world to see this? Because everyone is connected on social media. So it's one. Pl- that's why it's good for business as well. Cause you could be in the UK or in Spain. US be in Nigeria you know <laughs> but once you have that message out there everyone else in the world can see it the, the 7 billion we are now or 9 billion people can see that so be careful what you post on social media be careful my brother be careful my sister be careful my dear listeners you know put the plug in this episode was brought to you by Sicily's so the basin leads they order your food from them good stuff good stuff so back to the question of social media social media mm. curse or a blessing i would have loved some participants to um contribute looking at the whatsapp group okay um no one has said anything concerning the uh, uh, um, topic so I'll just write it solo for now because like I said earlier we've seen people that you would not really know you would never have known they post their videos they post their work you've seen models you've seen actors you've seen people that you see artisan you see indie comic creators post their work on social media and are able to gain traction for their business, you know, gain interaction, make friends over thousands of miles, over 5,000 miles, 10,000 miles to make friends, make connections that last a lifetime. So in that regard, it is a blessing, you know, it is a blessing because there's people that I've met via social media that are based in the US, I'm in the UK. You know, the people I've interacted with in Nigeria, the people I've got to do stuff for me, design stuff for me that are based in Nigeria, and I've been able to meet them over social media, also transfer stuff over to them via social media. Uh, via social media, I've been able to make payments. I've done some shopping via social media. You know, some of my listeners, like I keep saying, you know, go on my Facebook and get the episode go on Instagram and get the episode and I get listeners from all over the world you know from the US different parts of the UK 
you know from africa so social media is a blessing but the way you use it that's what could determine um if it's a blessing or a curse like i said everything on the face of the earth is open to abuse and one thing you should always know they're good people and don't want everyone in the world to be good to be good is nigh on impossible it's impossible for the world to be 100% good all this 9 billion people on the face of the earth good some people just have evil intentions whether it's how they were raised or uh, an absent parent or the the harm they must have suffered in life whatever reason you know it still boils down to the fact that they have become evil and you should protect yourself be careful what pictures you share over social media be careful what details you share over social media be careful what you say over social media because sometimes some things you say say could be misconstrued on social media as well so the question of a curse or a blessing mm, is two sides and if you haven't got anything from this segment get this get this social media is a tool and it depends on the way you use it, it depends on the way you use it if you use it rightly 100% blessing it can boost you to the point where a movie production company movie studio could say huh X, Miss XYZ Mr. ABC I think you should play this role John Wick play this role Joanne Arc. you know oh you're an artisan or you have a podcast like me oh Ugo we think your podcast is absolutely wonderful your take on issues brilliant so we want to sign you to a 200 million pounds deal wonderful you know the way you use it because I use it I wouldn't say don't because I use it on a daily basis I use it to promote my podcast I put it on my various platform my Facebook my IG <laughs> you know I put it I will put it on on WhatsApp as well because I have a WhatsApp group for participants to come on and give their opinions and things like that so like I said there are many friends I've made via social media there are many business contacts I've made over social media so depends on how you use it like we've seen so many people lose their careers because of what they've come on social media to say you know because just like let's take it this way when you go out and you're speaking to people you think before you speak because you know if you say something out of sort or out of order, you could get a punch in the face, depending on the level or rate of aggression of the person you're uh, speaking with. If someone has the aggression level of a prime Tyson in the ring, then maybe you get your jaw broken in two million places, you know, or at least you're a bit skeptical or rather you're aware 
that people could have adverse opinions to what you said and some of those people could have power over your employment and you're careful but once we get on social media woohoo it's free reign no one can see my face so i put whatever i like we should still have the same courtesy that we supposedly have in real life though in real life some people just have bad attitude and say whatever they like and say all sort of hurtful stuff you know you see those 104 those 200 plus words on twitter it can ruin your life depends on what you post you see those the pictures they share on instagram could ruin your life destroy your car your, your career <laughs> before you even start so be careful what you post about social media and also it could affect your getting the job let's say you're not into uh, being a, a social media influencer or having your career tied to social media but you work in a regular corporate world be careful because if you post some silly stuff some stuff are not nasty but silly or if you're an actual I don't want to say I don't say uh, something nasty because none of my listeners are nasty but some individuals post some stuff on social media and then <laughs> you go for an interview and some the, inter- the interviewer might have seen what you've posted on social media they're like nah we're not employing this we're not employing this guy we're not employing this girl because he's a really nasty person or he doesn't share our goals and ideals of the corporation of the company you know i'm saying be true to yourself but be careful what you post on social media be very careful because social media is no longer the playhouse of teenagers and young adults it's no longer the place where you used to have 13 year olds 14 year olds 15 year olds 16 year olds play around on social media now conglomerates companies all have social media presence you know employers have social media presence you have recruitment teams on social media so my man my girl my woman my boy be very careful be very careful when you post on social media and use it as a tool let it work for you don't get consumed by social media now finally before I, I, I end today's episode social media take it like how you would if you see someone walking down the street the fact that you see someone wearing very expensive Gucci designer jackets and pants it doesn't mean you should go crying and want to have those pants or have those uh, have that jacket you never know maybe he borrowed it maybe she borrowed it or maybe she's still paying for it 10 months or 12 months after she's taking it off the shelf just be you social media is your tool and not the other way around so once again I'd like to say thank you for coming on this edition of Ugo Steak brought to you by Sicily's thank you for enjoying today for joining me on today's episode and I hope for those who are listening listen right now that you enjoy the episode and those who are going to listen on Spotify that you enjoy it as well and if you have any comments questions 
you would like to ask me, you can send me an email to ugostake at coolsite.net and also you could send me a message on Instagram, send me a message on Twitter. Twitter is at stakeugo, that is at S-T-A-K-E-U-G-O, at stakeugo. Thank you, wonderful people, for listening to today's episode of Google State. And whether you decide to, and if you're listening to it offline, thank you so much for listening. Continue to listen and enjoy what I'm going to give to you. And like I always say, I'm not perfect. If there are, areas, there are topics you would like me to discuss more on, the things you want to hear more on the podcast, just send me an email or send me. Um, a message on Instagram and for sure 100% I will get back to you so thank you so much for listening goodbye and have a wonderful day